0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: It's Friday, and it's a sunny, hot one. Headed into a good weekend full of sports, particularly Alabama baseball, tomorrow morning from Winston-Salem. Welcome into the program we call Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter, along with Lars Anderson, I'm a longtime sportscaster in the state of Alabama. Of course, Lars is uh, currently on his 13th book and former writer for Sports Illustrated and others. Lars beautiful weekend got a bunch of topics I'm gonna roll your way here in a minute. Are you ready? I'm ready, willing and able
2: yeah man it's a <laughs> it's a beautiful day and a good day to talk sports got a got a lot going on in what traditionally is a very slow time on the sports calendar
1: yeah, but uh you know it always seems to work out and I've told you many times that uh, working in newsrooms for many years that uh, there was a, a pretty common rule Fridays are always take care of themselves I'm gonna run a few by you and then I want to I want to hit the highlight here of course we got Bama baseball good news concerning Eli gold his latest pet scans free and clear of cancer that's great uh, of course uh, still talking about what went on yesterday in Washington DC I think again as I have said it's the start of a start of a start of a start but at least they got together and uh maybe they're just kind of laying out some ground rules i think really what they're trying to do and saban said this is let's educate everybody so they're working on that then you got ou softball three in a row but i kind of like to start on something i think we all suspected and that's bryce young watching last night and i see uh the graphic roll across the bottom of the screen says bryce young Carolina QB1. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are surprised by that. I've been told that if you were at practices, he was pretty much getting the most reps anyway. Andy Dalton, 12-year vet, is still there. But, Lars, I I think this is a good thing in in two ways. First of all, he's been getting them anyway. And that's the way that uh, Wright wants to go, head football coach. And Frank Wright. And the other thing is, is You know, if there's anything that might happen, and with Bryce, you really don't know. I might be misspeaking here. Uh, It doesn't hurt at all to give a guy a shot of confidence, especially this far in advance. So I think that's good news for Bryce Young, certainly for the Panthers um, and for Bama fans that are going to follow him throughout his NFL career. Yeah, this
2: news comes as absolutely zero surprise. Um, I think Frank Reich was just sort of, uh, he wanted Bryce to just show his teammates what his commitment level was, uh, especially off the field, learning the playbook. And uh, and, and it was just a matter of time until Bryce was going to be elevated to that number one spot. I mean, there's just no way you could convince me that Andy Dalton was ever going to start over him. You know, the the philosophy of drafting a quarterback number one overall has changed over the last about 20 years or so. It used to be that uh, the majority of the quarterbacks would sit. For at least a few games, uh, or sometimes at half a season, Carson Palmer, who is the number one overall draft pick by the Bengals in 2003, I believe, uh, he didn't take a single snap his rookie year. He just watched John Kitna. Uh, but now there is so much pressure to win right away. And as, as Bruce Arians always told me, it's just you don't learn on the bench. You just don't. And uh, you got to be out there uh, to uh, experience uh, game day speed, which is different than practice speed. Uh, you need to uh, be out there with the guys when the, the crowd is against you, uh, you're having trouble communicating plays don't go as planned. you have to go off script, you have to improvise. And those are things that you only learn how to do uh, at full speed in the game. Uh, there's just uh, so only so much you can learn from watching on the sideline and charting the plays on the clipboard. And, um, and, 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 and and again, you're also you're paying it, you're paying the players so much money that uh, it's incumbent upon you to put him in. And the fans want to see him play. I mean, he's the number one overall draft pick. And uh, and so, again, this comes as absolutely no surprise. Um, I mean, I think it was a good move by by Frank Reich to start him at second team. But I, I did believe that he would be elevated to first string before training, excuse me, before training camp started. So he got the majority of the reps with the ones because he was going to be day one starter. I mean, that was, I think, set in stone from the moment they drafted him.
1: Did, if anything, surprise you that they went ahead and and did it in these, um, these initial camps as opposed to making, you know, wait until the fall. No, no. Like I said, like I,
2: I think this was the plan all along. You want him to be number one heading into training camp so he gets the reps with the, the, the first team. Uh, and gets a uh, familiarity with his receivers, with his offensive line, with his running backs, uh, and, and really gets in sync with everybody because you, you want him to take the majority of the reps, and he's going to get that now. <clears throat> Andy Dalton, at this point in his career, uh, he's a backup. Uh, ding, ding, again, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, and he's a backup at, at this point in his career. And he, um, I think he'll be a good mentor for Bryce Young. And I think Andy knows his place. He's always been a good teammate. It uh, goes all the way back to his days at, at TCU. Um, and uh, I, 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 think, I think Bryce is in a really good spot uh, because he's got Frank Reich, who is a former quarterback himself, as his, as his coach. As sort of his uh, as his as his guru, and then he's got Andy Dalton, uh, a longtime veteran who has had a lot of success in the league. I mean, we forget that Andy Dalton led the Bengals to six straight playoff uh, appearances. Uh, didn't win any of those games, but still, it's a feat unto itself to uh, to win uh, or to get to the playoff six years in a row. And um, like I said, I, I think this was the the plan all along. And I think, I think uh, Frank Reich just wanted to see just sort of like the bare minimum from, from Bryce, that he was committed, that he was learning the playbook. And they, and they knew he was going to do all these things. Um, and, uh, and, and so it, I think it's a good move. Uh, and, uh, you know, come opening day, we'll have uh, three Alabama quarterbacks <clears throat> uh, who will be starters Across the uh, NFL, in, in Tua, in Bryce, and Jalen Hurts. What and about s- Mac? And oh, sorry, four Mac. Yeah, yeah four. Uh, four. Excuse me, man. And and Mac, which is absolutely incredible. What a what a run of success that Alabama has had at the quarterback position. Um, which uh, makes this coming year all the more interesting to, down in Tuscaloosa, right? Because that is the number one question, not just in Tuscaloosa, but I would say it's uh, probably the number one. Our number two question all throughout college football is who is going to be the starter at Alabama uh, because of this incredible string of success that they've had
1: uh, at the quarterback position, Matt. It's been wonderful to watch, and I would ask you to do a, a little bit of a dive here. It is unfair, but uh, I was going to look it up just to have that chance to. Who's playing around, Bryce? I mean, I sorry, but... Um... I keep up with the Packers more than anybody, but I just wonder who's around him. And uh, I think I heard they were maybe looking into trading for a running back. Um, Who are his wide receivers? You know, it'd be great if they could get one of those former Alabama wide receivers. But um, I'm honestly just uh, opening it up to you because I'm not sure who Frank Wright has at wide receiver.
2: Yeah, um, it's not like the 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 most impressive group, but it's also not a terrible group. Um, You got Adam Thielen, or Thielen, excuse me, uh, who they acquired from um, uh, Minnesota off of uh, off of uh, uh, as a free agent, and he's a a high level player still, um, more of a possession wide receiver than a speedster. Um, and then you got uh, DJ Clark, who uh, is going to be probably in that uh, that that I don't know wide receiver two mold. Um, last season, he just he had thirty receptions for five hundred yards, um, and uh, and I think his season was cut short uh, due to injury. But um, so you got DJ Clark, uh, who's out of LSU. And uh, then you also have um, uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., uh, who I think uh, could be a really good player, also out of LSU. Um, you've got uh, uh, LaVisca Shenault Jr. Uh, he's a former first-round draft pick, if I remember correctly, out of uh, Colorado. Sorry, he was a second-round draft pick uh, out of Colorado in 2020. Hasn't really lived up to... His draft status yet, but he'll have a he'll have a shot as the third wide receiver. And then at tight end, um, they went out and got from Cincinnati uh, Hayden Hurst, who he is really really good. Uh, the Bengals wanted to keep him, but they just couldn't afford him. And uh, I tell you, Joe Burrow is making his tight ends a lot of money because before that, it was. Um, uh, oh gosh, the Auburn player uh, signed a huge contract to tight end. I can't even remember his name now. But uh, Hayden Hurst also just signed a, a really big deal, and uh, and so at, at, at running back they have uh, Miles Hubbard or sorry Miles Sanders, decent player, Chubba Hubbard. Um, so they have a solid, I would say, a, a solid offense. Um, this isn't a team that is going to contend most likely for a playoff spot, but you never know. There could be a, a dramatic turnaround. Um, they went out and signed a, a few guys in, in free agency on, uh, on defense, uh, in uh, uh, Vaughn Bell, strong safety. Uh, I think they went and got Shaq Thompson. Um, so, I mean, Carolina to me seems like a, uh, a sort of middle-of-the-pack team in the NFC. And uh, I, I think they'll be conservative with Bryce out of the gate to make things somewhat simple for him. But then, you know, at some point, you just got to let it rip and open it up. And, um, and uh, I, I think... I think Bryce will put to rest all of the talk about his lack of height and weight. You know, at the combine, he was 5'10, 204. Um, and that makes him, I think, the lightest quarterback picked in the first round, maybe in history. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a huge concern because he, uh, he just has such great feel in the pocket and is, is, is shifty. He doesn't take big hits. and, um, and so I, I think relatively quickly, again, he's gonna uh, he's gonna quiet those those fears that
1: Carolina fans have that, that Bryce is too small. Well, of course, we wish him well. And not really sure he's going to need it. I have a feeling this guy's going to uh, have an incredible NFL career. But uh, that's it. Bryce Young, quarterback one in the NFL in the Charlotte Panthers. Meanwhile... Hey, go feed that dog. Yeah, I know. Go Meanwhile, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break for Charlotte. When we get back, we got several, several things to address, and I'd really like to talk about our friend Eli Gold because news is good. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home
3: Mortgage. Bark, Charlotte. Bark. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Your home is applied. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny this
0: afternoon, the high today, 87. Clear and pleasant tonight, the low 59. Tomorrow is a sunny day with a high at 88. And Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms around, the high at 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
1: As Anderson, we're gonna roll with the show, Laura, As long as you've got my audio, <laughs> yeah, uh, you bet. Because I did, I did want to talk about, as I, I said going into the break, about Eli Goal, who's, um, geez, I, I met Eli when he first moved to Birmingham, and uh, we've been uh, we're longtime friends. And I don't think I need to go into any of uh, the great details about the physical issues that he's had, from shoulder problems, feet problem, all that, but. Uh, we found out recently that uh the biggest problem was uh, a year-long battle with cancer and he goes to his physician the other day with his wife and his daughter great people as well and they go and they do the pet scan and they're all sitting there literally on pins and needles waiting for the doctor to come into the room and said you're cancer free Uh, and clear Uh, free and clear of cancer is the exact quote that came from the doctor through eli Gold on appearance at a mobile on uh, wnsp with mark heim and that is just good news and he missed a year uh and that was tough on him and i know i talked to him as he was beginning this battle that um there's nothing he he's enjoyed in his life more than doing crimson tide football and um, he has responded in kind uh, he is the voice of Alabama. Alabama fans want him back. We want him back. Media wants him back. His family wants him back. And apparently, if he can you know, get his strength back up after this huge battle with cancer, he will be, it looks like, he will be in the booth when Alabama opens the season uh, in late August, uh, early September. So. All that is tremendous news, and um, I will effort to uh, see if I can't chat with Eli sometime over the weekend. Maybe we get him on next week. But uh, regardless of all that, God bless Eli. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Eli is the
2: the, the soundtrack of uh, Alabama football, and there's something just very soothing about his voice and hearing him call a game and his ability to uh paint word pictures is uh is really phenomenal how he can uh he can set the scene and be so descriptive uh in his uh in his articulation of what he is seeing and and uh what he's feeling and and you know he he's spoken uh a few times um I really sorry he just he he went into detail about, you know um, about missing the entire 2022 season. Uh, he temporarily lost the ability to walk. Uh, he lost almost 150 pounds, uh, spent a total of six months in hospitals and a nursing home. and, um, and uh, then uh, doctors they, they couldn't figure out what was wrong and they eventually discovered his cancer. And uh, and and also late last year, uh, he uh, he, he, they discovered the cancer. Apparently, from from what I understand, um, after Eli had been dealing with persistent hiccups, Um, and so uh, this is just great news. I mean, so this was a very serious, uh, grave situation that he was dealing with, and you know. Uh, and, and for him to come out and, and be so open about it and, uh, and, and talk about it, I, I think, uh, you know, just uh, shows his sort of courage. And also uh, he understands that he is a uh, public and beloved figure. And hopefully, you know that his uh, experience can uplift others who are going through something similar. You know, when when things seem really dark and and, and really tough, uh, just to to keep fighting, and and that's what Eli has done. And and uh, let's uh, let's hope that. Uh, he can get his strength up and and uh, be able to to go at the start of the season. But even if he can't, you know, this is just a uh, it's a it, it's great news. <clears throat> you and I are you and I are both you know really good personal friends with Eli. You, you've known him much longer than I have, and he's always just been so nice uh, to me and always uh, given me time whenever I've needed to talk to him for a story or for background or. You know, when I've uh, been on shows with him, and I, I think I think every single time I've seen him, he's always greeted me just with this huge smile. You know that's a, that, and, you know, it's just a huge, huge smile. And, uh, and you know, he's a he's a, he's a very uh, very interesting man. Uh, he's experienced a lot in his career. He's had a, a legendary career. And uh, he's also been very generous uh, with his time with my students.
1: Good guy. Really good guy. And I just used to, and and I know they have a great broadcast now, but when he first started working with Kenny Stabler, you got a guy, and he still has a pretty thick Brooklyn accent. Um, I mean, he was raised there doing uh, minor league hockey and then he just you know, just scaled up the ladder, which was, uh, which was wonderful to get to the destination that he now just covets. But uh, to hear him from Brooklyn and Ken Staber from Foley, Alabama, do a wonderful mix with awesome chemistry, <laughs> I just I loved it. And I missed it when Kenny had to go, and um, I really, really want to get at least half of that back. And um, I don't know. I can't predict anything, but uh, I, I feel pretty good about Eli's future behind the mic, the Alabama Crimson Tide on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. I certainly hope so.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too. And, uh, and, and also, I think it's, uh, you know, again, it, it, this is a, a victory no matter what, but um, I think it gives, uh, it gives Eli, you know, he, he, he realizes this is a big responsibility. And people, and, and this is this is rare. That uh, it, it, it only happens at, it, it, in a few different places across the country. Trust me, that people will turn off the sound of the radio of the television so they can listen to Eli, right? Even when they're at home, uh, they would much rather hear Eli than the actual announcers play by play on TV because there is just something about. His voice—I mean, it is—it is—it's—it is is uh, like—I don't know—it's hard to explain—but he has just got this majestic, sweeping voice. But we'll be right back.
3: From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. The Universal.
0: Tide 100.9.
3: Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny this afternoon.
0: The high today, 87. Clear and pleasant tonight. The low, 59. Tomorrow is sunny day with a high at 88. And Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms around. The high at 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: on big news sports
1: large Anderson. i'm matt Coulter, joined by birmingham stallions tight end jace sternberger appreciate you dialing us in again it's become a regular friday thing we certainly enjoyed it how are you jace
4: i'm doing good thanks for
1: having me on Hey, right, another big catch another big win you want to go over what happened this past weekend
4: yeah uh i think i think we're just coming together at the right time as a team uh Everything's rolling right now. um, Even when adversity, you know, things aren't going our way necessarily in the game, we're still figuring out ways to fight through and get back to doing what we do. So camaraderie is going great right now on this team, and I think it's all just playing a role into uh, our success.
2: Okay, Chase, I I got to bust on you a little bit here. I I took my kids to the game, uh, and I got got three little ones under the age of uh, eight. And I told them all about you, about how you're on our show, how great you are, and and, and so uh, every play we're watching you, and uh, it's uh, and it, it, you guys are driving the ball down the field, cut. I, I don't. I you, you ran like a, 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 a what a post route, and ball sort of hits you in the arms in the uh, hits you in the hands in the end zone, and then what happened?
4: Oh uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, honestly, I really don't know because it was like as soon
2: as he had thrown it, I was, thought I was getting it, but then his the dude's hand kind of I don't know if he deflected it or something. It was just a weird throw or a weird play. Yeah, we, we we uh, but but we we stayed and when and and take us through just that that really big play at the end of the game, uh, that 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 you made and and that your quarterback made.
4: Uh, I think it's uh credit to Alex for sure. He you know he's always good at staying uh, alive in the pocket. But um that's one thing we've just developed over over as time goes on, receivers are just starting to learn the scramble drill more and more weekly and uh like I said it just I think it was just like how I was in practice.
1: Well you travel this weekend um and play Houston, I guess it is, but you play in Memphis, which is odd. I'm interested. Do y'all fly, or do they get all the team on a bus and drive to Memphis?
4: No, we'll get on a bus. It's only uh, it's about two and a half, I think it's like three hours. It's, it's not too bad at all. So kind of like throwback in the college days.
1: It's a, it's a huge game because you win, you're in the playoffs, right?
4: Yeah, we we'll say we win, win and we're in, and so... Um, that's kind of the focus right now. Like I said, I told you guys last week how big right now we're on the 1 and 0 train. And so uh, that's really how we're just approaching this next game. And, you know, we'll worry about the playoffs and everything after the game. We'll worry about that on Monday. But for Sunday right now, we're just, you know, really keen on getting the victory, avenging our loss from last time, more of that.
2: Last, uh, last Saturday, again, just going back to the game uh, at Protective Life. It was boiling hot in the stands. Uh, what was it like on the field?
4: Man, that was by far the most uh, hot my feet have ever been in a game. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Temperature, it really, like, you kind of just become numb to it. So, like, it's not like I was more hot. I just knew it was already hot. But the thing that I noticed the most was how hot my feet were. I remember taking my feet off after the game and just walking around barefoot and I felt like I was walking on a rock.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was hot and I, I was surprised. This was the the, the first game that I have been able to attend this year and um I was surprised by. I, I, yeah uh I, I was I, I was uh I was surprised just by how loud the uh the Birmingham crowd was and and when you're sitting on that side of the field like at least you were in the shade right the poor uh right. Philadelphia stars fans <laughs> they, they had oh, a tough yeah. over there um but uh, do you notice that like is there a decided home field advantage
4: uh i mean for us we definitely noticed those players and we we feed off of it. that's why you know we were kind of we got spoiled in the first half of the season we had a lot of night games so it was the crowds were even more it was more of an adrenaline rush the fans played a a bigger role for sure but like yeah no the last last home couple home games they were incredible and especially to finish the regular season on that note the way we did with that crowd like i said it makes us even more excited to have a chance to host our playoff game because we know if we host our playoff game uh, that'll probably be the best best game we've had all year
1: we're talking with jay sternberger tied in for the birmingham stallions on the way to play the showboats this weekend jay should talked about your feet and the surface um that is an artificial surface are there better artificial surfaces and is natural grass the best uh
4: i'm always team natural grass um I think that's by far the best. But I actually I actually like protective stadium field. Uh, my least favorite field I think we've done on this year is probably Canton, but I'm going to have to tough it up because we're going to go back there pretty soon.
1: <laughs> there's the optimism. <laughs> uh, do you get yeah. recognized around Birmingham? I mean, uh, th- there's a very faithful core that loves the Stallions, and I, I just wonder if after games, kids, and uh, Birmingham loves their
4: football and they probably show it. Yeah, it's a, it's most definite. You know, uh, like I said, and we, that's one good thing that uh, we've been making a good job about as a as a team is everybody is always doing stuff out in the public. Like I know there's guys doing stuff for the uh, the fishing rodeo today, and so you know we're we're out there trying to you know be seen as much as possible as well, it's just to you know show things and uh, that we are appreciative of all the fans.
2: Can you give us a breakdown of uh, the Memphis team you're going to be facing this weekend?
4: Uh, Houston. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh,
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're playing. playing in Memphis. Yeah, my 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 bad. The, the Houston team. Excuse me. No, no,
4: you're good. Uh, like I said, like I said, our big thing has been um, doing opposite of what we did last week or last time we played them, and uh, beating ourselves. Like, unfortunately, we had ten penalties to their zero, so they played a perfect game in that sense, and that's where we were. We were um, not as sharp in that department, so we're more worried about ourselves this week this time around and uh you know not shooting ourselves in the foot and just playing our game and seeing where that takes us
1: just a general question on football and it certainly relates to what happened this past weekend because um there were turnovers and that that creates uh not desperation but you, you don't want to turn the football over. Um, Is there an offense-defense thing there? uh, Or is the defense just really, really supportive? Because we've seen it happen in the National Football League where the defensive coordinator will start jumping all over the offensive coordinator for throwing three straight passes after a 90-yard drive. Uh, How does that relate in in your mind?
4: On our team, it hasn't ever been too bad just because I, it goes back to being in practice. We, we spend so many long hours together and stuff, and our coaches do a really good job of, you know, meshing with the players. And so it's not ever a whose fault is it or whose fault or who's, who did this wrong or who did that wrong. because we know that there's going to be times that our offense is dominating and our defense might be struggling, or then it's going to be like vice versa against Pittsburgh where our offense can't put the ball at all and then our defense is the only reason we're in the game. So, um we know it's gonna. We're not always gonna be played our best at times, so we just have to really rely on each other. So it's been nothing but encouraging, actually. Whenever we have, we'll have a turnover and our defense is running on the field, telling us they have our back. So, and obviously, we know as offense, we never want to do that. So I think we do a good job of holding each other accountable.
2: Uh, at last week's game, again, um, I think we were sitting right in front of every single wife slash girlfriend of the stars players, and they were just yeah, they are just they just screaming <laughs> nonstop. Oh. Um, did Chase, did Chase, do you have uh, family, friends, anyone other, anyone else come visit you? And 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 if they do, uh, do you take them anywhere in particular in Birmingham?
4: Uh, so my parents actually—it's been—it's graduation season at my house. I got a brother who graduated college, and I got a brother who graduated high school. So, they—and then my, my parents are both administrators, school wise. So they were just getting out of school, but they did get to come to the week three game against New Orleans. And uh, yeah, they came out. Here, I think they came out here a day early, so on a Friday maybe. And we, we drove around. My parents actually have been to Birmingham before because my brother played in a basketball tournament out here in sport one summer. And so they were out here for that, and uh, we went to this place in uh, over at the Summit called, uh, I think it's called Ono. It's, it's like a Hawaiian it's a Hawaiian spot. It's like a Hawaiian okay. bowl with just chicken rice, nothing okay. crazy. But that's my oh. favorite spot here. Have you yeah. been to Vulcan? I'm
1: sorry? You know where Vulcan is. <laughs> Have you been up to I the Vulcan? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look south... If you look south from Protective, there's, and from that distance, it probably is small, but there's a huge iron man um, hoisting a, a, a torch from uh, top of what we call Red Mountain. Um, and it's not necessarily a must-see, especially it is for kids, but uh, I was just wondering if you'd ever glanced up and seen it because there are people that come well, now in
4: from, Now I'm working, yeah, I'm more concerned now that I haven't seen it yet. I've been here this whole time, and I'm like, how observant
1: am I? Well, let me tell you, if you don't look for it from that distance, you're not going to see it. But once you get up on it, you go, oh, my God, there's a huge man's butt in my face. (laughs) Yeah, there's a butt. You can see butt cheeks. (laughs) Because he's, he's, he's wearing the old warrior Metal, you know, protection And and as <laughs> oh, okay. you drive As you drive up to visit and You can actually go up to the top as you, All you see are glutes, man It's just yeah. iron <laughs> glutes so if for no other reason maybe you go for that but uh it's talked about i i don't know Lars. would you say it's kind of the landmark yeah. of birmingham I don't oh think. yeah
2: yeah my kids love going there and uh it's it, amazing views I, I always take friends when they come into town uh there it's a good 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 spot well,
1: i'm
4: about but, to go
1: check it out oh jace before we let you go um What did y'all do today? Because I know you ended up lifting. And how much and what do you do as far as a lift is concerned as a tight end? And are you overseen by some kind of strength and conditioning coach? And how much of that do you do a week?
4: Uh, We do it twice a week. You know, this is a longer week for us. We we play on Sunday. And so we had an extra day of work. Um, We just used that for practice, though. We didn't uh, lift or anything. We still lift twice a week. And today... The second day, of the, the second lift of the week is always upper body. And so it was just a, it was just a quick chest workout. It's nothing too long. So like I said, it's not – no one's really trying to bulk up or gain muscle right now. It's more retain and not lose what, what we're constantly losing because we're breaking down our body every day. So it's more of a maintain right now.
1: At your position, is it
4: more a mass lift or you lift for flex? Uh, it's more of a mass lift, but it's like I said, it's shorter, but it's definitely more heavy.
2: Well, good luck this weekend, and uh, let's check in with you next week. And uh, hopefully, you guys will just uh, keep it going. And uh, man, I just I couldn't have been more impressed with the quality of play uh, on Saturday. Um, and it just uh, to me, it seems like it, it's it's at a much higher level this year than it was last year. But that's a a layman's
1: observation. Thank you. No, thank you. All right, call me this. Call me when y'all get back from Memphis. I'll take you to Vulcan. We'll take you to Vulcan, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right. Jace, thank you right, for your bye. time. Appreciate it as always. Jace Sternberger, tight end for the Birmingham Stallions who can clinch a playoff berth this weekend as they go to Memphis, Tennessee and take on the Houston Gamblers. And they owe them one. You're listening to Big Noon Sports.
2: 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376.
5: 365-247. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. And now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org, brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station.
2: with the league and we can just talk about that.
1: Back on Big News Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Lars talking about the USFL. <laughs> yeah, you,
2: you know, so I, I, again, as I've mentioned now about five times in this broadcast, uh, I went to the game last Saturday uh, the Stallions versus the Stars really exciting game uh, it was a, a rematch of last year's championship game and uh, the Stars um, excuse me, the Stallions you know, late late in the fourth quarter facing a fourth and eight and our, our guy Chase uh, catches a, a huge ball, keep the drive alive, the Stallions end up scoring and winning 27-24 so the product on the field, Matt, is really, really good. I mean, I, I'm telling you, like, I, I wish more people would give it a chance. And it got me thinking, what could be done to really promote this league in, 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 a, in a sort of more aggressive way uh, to get more people interested in Kind of like the way that uh, people were interested in the in the first incarnation of the USFL, which you were a part of, which you covered. And so, if you were, you know, in, in charge of the league, Matt Coulter, how would you try to uh, promote the league and promote the players? Because it, it seems to me that the best way to get fans to come out. Is for them to have some sort of an attachment to the players, so they need to know kind of the background, of the players, who the players are. It's, it's similar to NASCAR, right? Like you need to have like a driver, all right? But you know, like, and you need to know a little bit about that driver. But but how how do you go about doing
1: that, Matt? Well, in this particular case, it's difficult because you don't have let's face it and i am in no way demeaning this league i love this league you don't have um any marquee players i mean i had you ever heard of of jay sternberger before we started interviewing him no but um but now but now that i now that i
2: know more about him like this guy's really a really good player, and he I think he's, he'll got, play he's got he's got he, oh he's got more NFL in him. There's no doubt about it, and I think he can be you know a pretty like high level tight end in, in the league, and I think he's showing that. I mean, to me, he may very well be the most talented guy on the team, and also he's got this dynamic personality. He's funny um and uh and, and and yeah i mean but but you're right I mean, other than uh, uh, Bo Scarborough, like who who uh, would out? You know, and, and and Bo's out right now,
1: right, with an injury. I think uh, he's out for the year. Yeah, yeah. Up his knee. But I go back, Lars, to what I have said on this show many times, and I've said it since 1983. One of the brilliance of the original United States Football League is they drafted regionally, and you mentioned Bo they need about six or seven more Bowes or auburn players uh even troy and uab players you know those are attractive to fans and that way you do know them now they may not have made all american status when they were playing at college but we knew them in the state of alabama because we follow alabama auburn uab south alabama and troy and I i think that's what they can do but I don't know if you can just suddenly start doing that. You've already drafted. Your rosters now are being, you know, picked and matched and switched uh, through trades and such, or, or whoever you can pick up from the previous year. The the nucleus of your team is already there. Uh, when they formed the nucleus of the Stallions back in '83, I mean, you had Jackie Klein, Buddy Ilet, and then you brought in Joe Cribbs. Of course, Joe Cribbs didn't really need any introduction in Birmingham with his uh, all you know, all-pro status uh, at the NFL level with the with the Bills. That would be one. And I don't know how you do this because it's a league owned by television, by NBC and Fox. Um, but they play a lot of day games, and that's you. You were there. Didn't you go to the game this <laughs> weekend? I'm joking. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh, <coughs> glad you went. But um, it seemed like we used to play a couple of night games. Am I wrong? Because they are playing in some brutal weather, and it's also tough for fans to make day games, even on the weekend, and especially in the Alabama heat. So there's a couple of observations. But, uh, again, I think you have to (coughs) understand the uniqueness of this league because it is driven. And let me tell you something. It is totally driven by TV. And the reason they're running it in the day is because they're (coughs) beating whatever is up against them in the network challenge for all the ratings and ad dollars. Uh, And at night, uh, they're not going to do as well. So I understand why. um, But from the fan standpoint, from Lars and, and your children... Um, nights a little bit better, even late afternoon. So there are some of the reasons. I don't know. You got a thought? We got a couple of minutes here. How would you do it, Mr. Marketing Man? Uh, I would I would
2: be aggressively pitching uh, the editors at AL.com <laughs> to write stories. Um, it's just, it, it, it's hard. It's a, And it's a hard pitch because... Um, because people aren't aware of these players. And, uh, and just looking at uh, some of the TV ratings from this year, uh, they're down a little bit from last year, uh, as far as I can tell. I think uh, this is just looking back at uh, week six. Uh, the USFL averaged uh, 731,000 viewers uh, last year. And this year it averaged uh, four hundred and fifty one thousand viewers. Uh, with uh, the but with the the high came uh, the 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 final uh, USFL game of week six averaged six hundred and thirty thousand. So again, it's a little bit down from last year, but as far as I can discern, I think, everyone uh, is happy with the, the ratings that it's, it's garnering, uh, that, that Fox is, is very happy with uh, what, uh, what the, 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 the viewership that it's generating. And so, you know, it, it, it's clear, and we, we knew this going in, that they don't care, the executives uh, and the television, the executives who run the league... Uh, And uh, the television networks, they don't care about, you know, how many butts are in the seats like that. That is irrelevant to them. All they care about is the the TV ratings. And I can understand why, because that's obviously going to be a much bigger number. Um, But, uh, you know, there there have been some games that just uh, have not. Garner very much like uh, there's one week six game average 227,000 viewers which is really low um, sun uh, uh, on the uh, the back in again week six uh, the noon game on FS1 uh, between the stars and the New Orleans breakers average 217,000 viewers that made it 83rd out of 150 cable TV shows in the 18 to 49, all important 18 to 49 demographic. So, yeah, it's a tough question. And I, I it's just a different philosophy this time. Right than before, and uh, and maybe that's a good thing. But uh, um, I and I also think they're trying to make this a little bit more of a developmental league than um, than the first again incarnation of the USFL, where it wasn't where somebody like uh, like Chase, you know, could play a couple years in the NFL, drop down to the usfl and tried to uh, jump back up to the nfl um so i don't know uh how long do you think usfl survives
1: i don't know i knew it just I, I knew you were going to ask me that question i don't know <laughs> but it has to be of great concern to a league owned by television that their ratings have dipped and um i would say you know moderately, but um, certainly significant enough to draw their attention. Uh, one other thing that I just thought of while we were conversing here that would help is if you saw more interaction, uh, kind of more support from the NFL. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Maybe an effort when you're doing a television broadcast to, you know, make it a point to say "Hey, this guy was with the stallions in the usfl last year but i don't know if their relationship is that close or they would just rather say where they played in college or where they were professionally a year ago but um they have a relationship with the nfl i don't know how strong that link is but let's face it the nfl is king of sports in the united states of america and if they wanted to reach down and help baby brother they really could and this league would flourish as a result in my opinion hey let's talk some bama baseball robbie glenn will be with us next hour and lars we got to talk about this guy that's been offered (laughs) been offered a scholarship at auburn and what is he 14 it's an incredible story coming right out of thompson high school hello charlotte back with more big noon sports
5: be seeing their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel, redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoop's apparel, clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf
0: enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz the Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz the Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University
5: Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel, redefined. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our
2: hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to
5: protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, and Equal Opportunity Employer Program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable, and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center system is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. Remember our website. We also just dial that up and punch, listen, and uh, you're ready to go. And that is BigNoonSports.com. Also, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Big Noon Sports. Lars, uh, I read with, uh, actually, I watched the story on television last night. Flipped over to watch our buddy Jeff Spiegel. And God. Sorry, I can't remember. Jeff must have been off. But anyway, story on uh, Trent Seaborn. And I know you'll remember we talked uh, extensively about him when we were uh, finishing up the high school state championships. He was the eighth grader. All right? This is 7A Thompson. Okay? He was the eighth grade quarterback that came in and led the Warriors to yet another championship. Well, I, think, I don't think it's the first one, but it's the first one, I, I guess, of note. But uh, Auburn has stepped up and already offered him a scholarship going into his ninth grade. Um, I know that's becoming more often, but when I think about somebody being offered that early, one name pops to mind, Damon Bailey. I don't know if you remember him or not. You will as I describe this. No, I do. Uh, in the early 90s, he was, the, uh, he was an, a starter for IU, for Bob Knight, and a very, very good player. But very unlike Bob, Bobby Knight, they offered him a scholarship, I think, like when he was going into the ninth grade. Um, so I obviously you remember Damon Bailey because that was very significant now. I think it's still significant here in the state of Alabama, but I've seen the kid play. I mean, he doesn't look like a 13- or 14-year-old out there, and he's got all the tools to be a fabulous college football player and then some.
2: Yeah, so he's still, what, four years away from graduating high school um, but he's already one of the most uh, coveted recruits in the state of Alabama, and um, and this was uh, just uh, following the conclusion of a seven on seven tournament um, that uh, that uh, that that Trent Seaborn led a, led his team to victory, or that led the, the led the Warriors to uh, victory on, on the plains that uh, Auburn's OOC, Philip Montgomery, offered him a scholarship. And uh, so Auburn joins Arizona State, Arkansas, Maryland, Nebraska, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Oregon, and Wisconsin as the Power Five teams that are already in the mix for Trent Seaborn, right? And uh, it's... um, Really crazy that uh, uh, that you know he is generating so much hype at such a young age, Um, and uh, in that in seven on seven uh, or I'm sorry in in the 2022 uh, Class A uh, Class 7A state title game against Auburn High School, right, which was uh, already played at Jordan. Jordan, her Jordan, hair, however uh, <laughs> you call it, Jay and Jay, I went back. Jordan Jay, yeah, oh, Jay, J- Jordan or Jordan, I mean, it's Jordan, Jordan or Jordan or Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. A- anyone who is from who is not from this state calls it Jordan. I'm I'm not kidding. Um, but in that game, uh, Trent Seaborn threw. Uh, he was 12 of 14, 207 yards and five touchdowns. Right, So that really got the hype going. And then, man, the head coach at Thompson, Mark Freeman, he was uh, describing the eighth graders winning mentality when he said, quote, he has God-given talent. It's been crazy to watch him grow. Now he's developed into a really good quarterback. He's also a great young man, very mature for his years. His composure is great on the field. He understands at a young age what we're trying to do, and he understands he is not going to be perfect. He can play the next play and not get hung up on the previous one. Sounds like Nick Saban's process right there. Um, And... uh, He just he just went on and on and on about how great he is, and and this was as an an eighth grader. Um, I I I don't know. I I I I don't necessarily like it when a coach props up an eighth grader this much, um, because there's only one way for this kid to go, right? And. it's going to be difficult. I mean, look at the, who was the last can't miss quarterback in this state, right? It was uh, Bo Nix, five star Auburn legacy. Well, things didn't turn out so well for Bo at Auburn. Um, they are turning out well for him at, at Oregon. And I actually think Bo Nix is going to be a high draft pick. I think he's going to have a very nice NFL career. He's um, already
1: on some of the early Heisman lists. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he he's capable of running for over 1,000 yards and passing for over 3,000 yards, right? I mean, he is, uh, and he's got the weapons out there. They don't play defense in the Pac-12 so he may have a chance to uh, make a serious run at the Heisman. Um, and uh, in a few scouts who I've talked to, who I would really trust, NFL scouts, uh, they think this kid can, they think Bo can be a, a upper level NFL quarterback um, if he continues to progress at the rate that he has ever since he left Auburn. I mean, when he was at Auburn, You know, I I spent a lot of time with him for like a a 5,000-word story that ran in Bleacher Report when he was a freshman. And uh, I really um, thought highly of Bo. I still think highly of him. Um, But... The previous coaching staff just did him no favors whatsoever, Uh, and uh, I think it was really smart of Bo to just get out of there and 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 create his own sort of story out on the West Coast. You know, he, he for so long he had just been pegged as the next great quarterback at Auburn, right? Ever since like he was basically in eighth grade. And, uh, and I, I think that sort of wore him down a little bit. And it's nice to see how much success that he is having at Oregon. He's become, a not surprisingly, a team leader. Um, he's incredibly likable, uh, very smart, uh, hard worker, always does the right thing. Um, you know, last guy in, or sorry, first guy in, last guy out type of player. Um, and uh, so Anyway Things have turned out pretty well for him But I'm just My, my, my point is that the, I, I get a little nervous When there's so much hype around A young man who Has not
1: even started The ninth grade yet Well I'm just wondering um, What would be his NIL Of choice Is he eligible to do that already <laughs> I'm halfway serious. What if he just got a huge following uh, on social media? Um, probably can he probably does. For that, I mean, yeah. I mean, can he get Applebee's or somebody else to sponsor his uh, influence? I don't know. I mean, they, they've they've got cases where um, some people have done that in the past. Doesn't mean you have to be a football player. I mean, you see all these little. He's, teams al- you know, he's already got. Five, he's got
2: five thousand followers on Twitter. Um and he uh, his, his Twitter bio is number one QB in the nation twenty twenty seven. He's got a four point three GPA, six foot one hundred and seventy eight pounds, uh, state champion, all county honorable mention uh, in Alabaster. So, and you can watch his highlights on on Huddle. Uh, so, yeah, um, and he you know he. He looks like he's in eighth grade. His, his face, his body, he, has a, he has a body of, of, uh, of someone much older. But, you know, he's got the very young face. Chirubric is the word I was looking for. <laughs> well,
1: I'm glad you found it because now I'm more confused than ever. But, uh, by the way, uh, closing it out on Trent, what a great name. And now starting a quarterback for Auburn University, Trent Seaborn. Seaborn, quarterback. Remember that guy that was the PA at the Yankee Stadium? He died here recently, but oh, he yeah. was known for his ability. And I, he was used to enunciate. several movies. Yeah, and he was really, really good. Derek, um, Cheetah. Yeah, Cheater. Cheetah. Cheetah, shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, I love that, man. Do we get into our sports or what? Yeah. Um... Uh, As we roll into our last break, uh, uh, a tip of the softball cap to OU. Three in a row, was it 53, 54 consecutive wins, and they swept Florida State uh, with really no doubt to win their third consecutive softball championship. So congratulations to the Lady Sooners. They are without question a dynasty in college softball right now. Speaking of ball and speaking of ball at Alabama we will be talking with uh, first baseman Robbie Glenn, our expert covering, uh, because he is kind of covering college baseball from the tournament to the regionals and out of the super regionals with Alabama. So we'll pick him up on the other side of the break as you continue to listen to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing,
3: Union Home Mortgage. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny this afternoon. The high today,
0: 87. Clear and pleasant tonight, the low 59. Tomorrow is sunny day with a high at 88. And Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms around. The high at 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. No!
1: Anderson on this Friday afternoon, June the ninth, twenty twenty three. Like I really need to give you the date, especially the year. But anyway, we're gonna talk some uh Bama basketball with uh our own Robbie Glenn, uh, who has become the third member of this team as we've been talking about Alabama baseball and all. Robbie, what's going on in your world?
5: Hey, man, I keep going in and out. I don't know if I'm getting a good reception or if y'all can hear me good, but uh i just got story. back from pensacola you there
2: yeah yeah, we we got you
5: okay yeah I, I just got back from pensacola i had to go down for my uncle's funeral who was basically like my dad and uh hey uh, seeing all the family and and just saying goodbye to a great man but uh got back mm-hmm. in time last night to take care of striker and see him early this morning so and back at it just uh life continues
2: well, sorry to hear that, Robbie. That's uh, it's always a blow when you lose a family member who is uh, so close. Um, th- tell us a little bit about him. H- how did he uh, influence you?
5: Uh, you know, you always have someone in your life that was like, and my dad wasn't always around and just for whatever reason, uh don't get into that, but my Uncle Al always was. Um, he was married to my aunt going on 59 years. And it uh, didn't matter if I was in California, Florida, you know, Alabama, Georgia, wherever I was. He was always there for me, whether a phone call or he would drive over and yeah, he'd see me play at Bama all the time and, and everywhere I was. And he was a Marine for 22 years, major in the Marines. And so he had the full-on military funeral. And I was, I was impressed with the, the Marines that stand guard over his casket. They stood at attention for two and a half hours without moving. I was just I was amazed he didn't even move like I was like no sway no nothing I was like that, that's, that's dedication right there commitment but uh just a great yeah. man just you know he, he loved his family and his kids and he taught us the right way to do things and you know I don't always listen to everything which you know I'm I'm a little out there with the party and the drinking and which he drank but you know I was, I always put my my family first and that's what he did and that, I got that from him family and friends uh,
2: uh, but, you know, that's yeah it. it's. That's a, a, a great legacy to, uh, to leave, and um, yeah, my, my father was buried in Arlington, and he had the military funeral, and, and wow, uh, the 21-gun uh, salute, and, and, the, and the Marines, and the presentation of the flag is, is uh, incredibly uh, moving, and it's uh, hard to contain your emotions. It's actually impossible. But uh, it is the most awkward transition ever. Uh, let's talk uh, some baseball here. Um, now, Alabama uh, is playing at uh, Wake Forest. Uh, Alabama is the 16th seed, as we know. Uh, they were really under in my opinion, and most people, and they were playing at number one Wake. Uh, it's two out of three to get to the College World Series. Uh, first pitch is right around 11 a.m. on Saturday on ESPN. And I have been uh, digging into Wake a little bit. And Robbie, this team is a juggernaut. I mean, there's, it's like they're number one, and they're number one by a comfortable margin. I mean, they went 50 and 10 overall. Uh, even though they play in a park where it's a it's a I think a hitter's park, you could describe it. Uh, a lot of home runs. They still led the nation. If the uh, ERA of two set two point seven eight. Uh, they have they have batting up and they have guys hit for average. They got power up and down the order. So how can Alabama pull off what would be considered a big upset?
5: Well, like you said, they are, they're, they're a great team. Not anything you can take away from Wake Forest. I mean, you said it, strong pitching, strong hitting, led their conference in everything, every category, led the nation in pretty much an ERA team, ERA was their pitching staff. So with that said, Bama has to play Bama ball and they've been doing it all year. And, uh, and, uh, again, you want to compare SEC, ACC? When you get to the last 16 teams standing, it really doesn't matter about all year. It's how you're playing now. Both teams are playing really, really good. But I'm going to put Bama up. Look at the teams they've been going against and where they've been going. They went at number one LSU. So they're not used. They're they're not scared of playing the number one team in the nation. But they played at LSU in front of, what, 9,000, 10,000? They went to, I think, probably number one Arkansas at some time in front of, I think they hold about 12. They've been at Mississippi State in front of 14. These are seniors that have seen everything. They went to Florida, who I think is still the number one team in the country, the way they hit and play. So they're not going to be intimidated by what they see. And like you said, it is a smaller park. You know, you got 300 down the lines. That's 20 feet shorter than the, than, than Stuart Thomas. So I'm picturing our right fielder, you know, Andrew and Tommy, Throwing guys out at home plate, and they got twenty feet shorter. They're going to hose guys if anyone tries to run on them. And now, uh, you know, center field being four hundred, Caden's going to have to cover a little bit more ground out there. But he's got the speed to do it. I just want to see our pitchers stay in control like they've been. Get these guys out. Like I said, they got some really good hitters. Uh, they got some guys hitting bombs. But I did do some searching. They're the only one in the ACC with a hundred plus home runs. Everybody else is down in the 70s, 60s, 50s, 80s, which I'm not knocking it. I mean, that's still a lot of home runs. But everybody in the SEC's got 126, 122, 125. Bama's got 105. There's some big hitters in the SEC. So, yeah, their, their pitching staff was doing great, but I don't know if they're going against the hitting that we did. Plus, they didn't go against Virginia this year, and that's the second-best team in the country or in their conference, right?
1: Yeah, oh yeah.
5: So, oh. you know, again, all that doesn't matter till they play. I love where they're playing. Seventy-eight degrees tomorrow, eleven o'clock. Yeah, it's an early game, but twelve o'clock there, right? Um, yes. But, correct. You know, so we just have to have a beer a little earlier, guys. You know, let's,
1: let's get ready to watch some great baseball. <laughs> oh, gee, what a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> A little fireball, huh? <laughs> yeah, fireball. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the uh, seventh inning stretch. Uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. You know, we talk about Bama's hitting, and you have, because uh, Bama can flat out hit the baseball. But you look at their statistics in D1 nationally, they're about middle of the pack. But, Robbie, I just looked up, and credit to Mike Rodak, who's now with uh, Bama247.com. L- listen to some of the stats he pulled up. Where Bama ranks in pitching stats, in ERA at 3.96, that is the seventh best nationally. Let me repeat, that's seventh best. Um, second best
5: in SEC, too.
1: Yeah, yeah second, you're right. And then, um, what do you got? Hits allowed per nine innings, they're fifth nationally um their strikeout to walk ratio is 27th i mean i don't think we've been paying enough attention to this staff and how jace jackson has used
5: yeah sec in the sec bama's second in hitting with their average team average of 295 and they are second in ERA at 396 like you said so yeah they're they're just playing great all the way around and Again, I, I'm going to throw out with our hitters. If Jarvis can come to life in this tournament, he doesn't have to get on every time. I would, lo- I hope that first at bat, he completely, if, if Louder's on the mound for them, their ace, and he rockets one, I don't care if it's an out or not, but it's a line shot somewhere, that's going to show that Bama's on this guy. That's going to put a little doubt into that crowd, and everyone's going to fire our team up that, hey, we're there to play. We, we just took their ace. And ripped him first hit first uh, batter of the game. Not trying to put a lot on Jarvis, but I would love to see that. You know, that'll set the tone for this team. And uh, with our big hitters, with a short right field left, we had a lot of fly balls to right. I see a lot of balls carrying out of that park for us. Uh, hope they're not swinging for it, but I can see some home runs coming from us. I- I'm excited about this matchup.
2: Robbie, what can you tell us about Alabama's probable starter pitcher, uh, Luke Holman? He uh, for the year has a uh, two point five three ERA, uh, two and O. Um, he's just uh, he only has seven appearances, uh, six starts. Uh, why? Do you, why is he getting the start? And again, what can you tell us about him? Well, uh,
5: he's he's your veteran pitcher. I mean, that, like I said, you got some some guys that have just been been pitching well. I, you have know, seven starts, but you know, there's a couple other factors in there. But I mean the guy gives you quality innings. Um, like I said, keeps his walks down, uh, lets his defense work for him, uh, throws a lot of strikes. He's gonna get your strike out. He's gonna battle. Every pitch, every inning, and he's he's not gonna be intimidated from these hitters. He's he's wanting the ball and I and I, I think it's, he's he's a good one to have out there and he also has a bullpen behind him ready to help if he can't, okay? That, that's, that's, that gives you a lot of confidence. When you know you got an arm coming in behind you that can help if you don't have your best stuff, but you also have your defense, and, and your guys are going to hit the ball and put runs up for you. So all you got to do is do your job. And uh, I, I, I expect to see him have a really good outing tomorrow. Like I said, 78 degrees, too. That's going to be great weather.
1: Does uh, Coleman keep the ball down, and is that something you really try and take note of? if you're playing in a band box, which evidently Wake Forest is.
5: Yeah. I, you know, I, it's hard to tell if he keeps the ball completely down, but he has that sharp breaker. He does get a lot of ground balls. And I, I, I hope that's what continues this one. Cause it, like you said, I'm, I'm assuming the ball carries well there in that short park. And that's why they have so many home runs compared to the other ACC teams. They play at their home, you know, home field a lot. Um, yeah, if he keeps the ball down gets a lot of ground out and lets his infield work, uh, he'll be he'll have a good outing tomorrow. If we can get five out of him, that'd be great.
2: Um, Robbie, if you're a player, and you were a player, uh, do you like the fact that uh, you're taking on the number one team in the country and you're an underdog? Um, I mean, I know this is completely apples and oranges, right? But my, my son's Little League team... Uh, just went up against a team that beat them twenty-two to zero in the regular season. They play them in the playoffs, and, and like I was telling the, the kids, especially my son, and and the coach was as well. Hey, these guys haven't been uh, down all year. Let's jump on them fast, and that's exactly what they did. And they ended up beating them, right? So, but that, that's little league, but it I think it illustrates a larger point that it, when you are the favorite, the overwhelming favorite and uh, a team that, you know, shouldn't necessarily even uh, be playing with you jumps on you fast, uh, doubt can creep in. Right, but
5: I guess it can, but I, I, these guys, have, like I said, they've, they've played number one teams all year long. They're not going to be intimidated from this. Yeah, I mean, not knocking Wake for but these guys are up to the challenge. They're, they're ready to play guess like I said before I see this team making the World Series before we even got into this hot streak just because of the depth they have in pitching the senior leadership and the way they hit the ball and play defense I see them making the World Series and I still feel that way just because you have to play the number one team at their park you had to play them anyway sometimes but you've been to you've been to to bigger louder more scary places like Florida Arkansas LSU all these Mississippi states so there they're there. I don't have. They ever played each other? I try to look uh, back. I don't even think yeah, Wayne Forest and Bama's ever played.
2: It, yeah, they. It, it, it goes all the way back to 1996, I believe. Um, was That's the last a, time that they played. So it's it's it's, oh, okay. it's been well, a while.
5: I don't know if we've been to that park, but you know, like I said, it's a smaller park. It looks like a nice park. I don't think their fans are going to be like LSU fans. I, I don't think anyone can be like LSU fans or Mississippi State fans. So they're going to show up, and they're going to they're going to jump
1: on them, guys. I, I feel like we're going to be going to Omaha. Personally, I'm all about. All right. it. What time of the Bloody Marys? Just kidding. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm bringing my swimsuit. 30 in the morning, guys. Bringing my swimsuit. <laughs> hey, be great it, be job. at your house tomorrow. And uh, again, our, our prayers to your family and the passing of your uncle. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Lord. You betcha. Roll, Roll time, times, fellas. You a hey, uh, couple of just, uh, I don't know, maybe below-the-fold stories, as they say in the newspaper business, coming up. on the- Matt, I think you you needed to
2: describe what below-the-fold means on the other
1: side. Well, I'm not the printer. Okay, I will. Uh, that, that's a good tease. I'll explain it to those listening to Big News for.
3: This is the Big Noon Sports Network.
5: 365, 24 7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit DriveSafeAlabama.org, brought to you by the
0: Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama. Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with with. disabilities. Dial 711 for DTY accessibility.
1: Back on Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. It's Lars, Matt. uh, Noah, thank you for the job you're doing back at Tide 100.9, our flagship station. Uh, below the fold, you're the journalist. I can't describe what this is as, uh, as well as you can. It just means if it's below the fold, it's not a lead.
2: <laughs> no, it, it, it uh, newspapers used to be folded in half. And when it was below the fold... It meant it was on the lower half of the front page of the newspaper. Therefore, it was not as an important of a story as above the fold.
1: It's pretty simple. I was thinking during the break of, of what like the television uh, or radio equivalent of that would be. And I think, to be honest with you, we just played lazy and stole y'alls. Um, <laughs> But I, I think there is one, particularly in television, you would um, you would call bottom of the stack because when you you put your show up uh, for a five minute segment, you know, you obviously you put them in order, and it's called stacking a show. And so I guess bottom of the stack, and I, I guess that kind of uh, that's all inclusive. I think you could be bottom of the stack in a lot of things, not just in a television sports show. So. Anyway, uh, there we just, there's a little media question of the day or answer of the day, although I'm not sure it's even close to being as relevant as it once was. Geez, I get into it all the time when I walk by somewhere or I'm scrolling through my phone or my PC in the morning, um, how much I just absolutely miss newspapers. And as I've told you before, Lars, man, I miss the agate page. Um, there needs to be... Oops, So maybe maybe I shouldn't share this. We should. Well, we maybe should you need to this. explain what the agate page is. I'm telling so, you.
2: Uh, <laughs> There's a uh, lot of people out there that have never picked up a newspaper you know what? in their life. You're
1: right. You are so right. But the agate page... Well, if they hadn't picked up a newspaper, I can't even describe it. <laughs> uh, no, the agate page would be inside the front page of yep. your sports section. And it would include all the trades, all the transactions, all of the conference standings, whatever the sport was relevant. You got box scores from Major League Baseball. How long has it been since anybody looked at a box score? I look yeah. at them every day. I
2: mean, you like if you were into sports the way you and I were as kids, like I would study the agate page like as when I was like maybe 10 years old for about an hour and a half. I mean, it it, it just really like sort of almost like replaying different games in my head that I couldn't see, you know, Uh, especially on Mondays after uh, NFL played on Sunday. So I could, you you know, you got to read about who rushed for how many yards. I mean, just a box score, right? Uh, And uh, who threw for how many yards. And then sometimes you would get... You know who the passing leaders were through five weeks, uh, and and just uh, you know for a, a a young boy who just uh, has like a, a, a thirst for sports information and a pretty wild imagination, like that that was everything to me. I mean, it was it was weird. Like I would just again imagine how the games played out what these like you know 52-yard touchdown run would look like. I mean, I really got into it, and, and maybe I'm a little strange about you that. You weren't but, any
1: different than I was or my best friend two doors down or all the kids on my Little League team. Yeah. We all did that. I don't know if kids do that today. I do know one thing, and um, getting to my grandson who was all of seven, but I was babysitting with him last night. I just started firing teams at him. And he immediately knew who the starting quarterback was. And um, that's the way I was when I was a little kid. And you just mentioned something off the agate page that I remember is that they they would have league leaders. Remember Mm -hmm. that? You just said it. Um, and I always look at the baseball, see where Henry Aaron was when the home runs, where it was in batting average. It's the first thing I would do every morning for many years of my youth is I'd get up and I'd get the the Birmingham, uh, the Huntsville News. It was news this morning, uh, afternoon was times. Good grief. Now we don't even have one. I mean, we you just have two we, and three. It, it, just in, in my
2: hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska, 200,000 we had a morning paper and we had an afternoon paper and we and you know we subscribed to both most of my uh, most people did and uh it was just it was awesome it was awesome just to have and i of course i, I would only read the sports section um wow. but <laughs> but uh but my dad would just absolutely devour uh the morning paper and then get home from work and sit in his chair uh, light up a cigarette <laughs> get a drink and read the
1: read the afternoon lincoln journal <laughs> so that
2: I was probably, his
1: routine i probably knew more back then about certain sports than i do now and, so, and one of the things and we'll stop this in a minute i will say thanks way to go tuscaloosa news they are still printing and in fact there are a lot of people in birmingham that now take the Tuscaloosa News. Uh, I always thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, it's it's it, very it's, cool. And.
2: There is, you know, there actually is still some money to be made in print if you can sell enough ads, uh, and that's usually just in the in the Sunday paper. Um, I don't know. I don't think. Does does the Birmingham News even have a Sunday edition anymore? They stopped
1: doing Sunday, I think, back at the end of January. Okay, that's right. Their their Sunday newspapers were nothing but a collection of the stories they'd ran through the week. And then they went up to like $5 for a Sunday newspaper. And when they did that, they pretty much created their own grave. Yeah. Um, Well, I, I...
2: the, the one magazine that I subscribe to is The New Yorker, and uh, there's just nothing, like, almost every night before I go to bed, I'll try to, try to read a, a story. And, you know, the stories in The New Yorker are, like, you know, it takes you 30 minutes to read them because they're so long. But there is just something about holding it in your it, – it's just such a more pleasurable experience than trying to read a story – Uh, on my phone, uh, especially long form, which, uh, you know, is is what I love to write and and wrote for the the majority of my career. Unfortunately, long form is going the way of the dodo because it does not, long form just doesn't translate well to reading it on your phone, you know? And that is how most people uh, acquire their information is through scrolling through their phone, and, uh, and you know to to take uh, twenty minutes to just keep scrolling through a long form, five six thousand word story is a little tedious. I And, agree. It, it, and it's not it, it it's not a uh, a very pleasurable reading experience the way it is when it's a magazine. You know you can read like a third of it and then set it down. Um, and, you know, you, there's interesting graphics and all, all that. It, it's just uh, a different world. I wouldn't say a better one, but, uh, you know,
1: it's, it, uh, well, it is. Well, I darn sure wouldn't. But, I mean, <laughs> you, you remember you could get up from your table and you would put the newspaper up under your arm? And have your coffee in the other one. You could just move outside now that the sun's outside. And you could go out there. Whereas with your phone, I guess you can do that, but it's not nearly as pleasurable. And I bet you did this too, although you had a book in your briefcase too. But when I traveled significantly, uh, one of the last things or one of the most important things I would do is I would collect the the day's newspapers. And back, that back then I read USA Today a lot. Now I don't, I don't anymore, but. I would make sure I had adequate reading material for the plane, and um, you could read everything. And that's when I finally started going. Maybe I would always go to the sports page first, but I would I started to read some of the other sections and realize there was another world, Matt, going on outside of the world of sports. But yeah. Um, They were great. And you know what? And This was always a complaint of many. um, But I even miss the print getting all over your fingertips. Yeah,
2: I was going to say that. That that was part of the experience, right? When when I get the Sunday New York Times, I'd get a coffee uh, and a bagel at my little local bodega. And I'd go to Central Park, sit under a tree, read the Times, eat eat the bagel, drink the coffee. And uh, by the time you'd be done you'd be wearing part of the paper on your fingers. That that was part of the experience. I loved it. Uh, What kind of bagel did you get? Uh, everything bagel with uh, plain cream cheese. Same time,
1: same Did bagel you get every the same time. Same thing every time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. There's something very special about uh, New York City bagels. It's they're, they're just different than anywhere else in the country. They say it's because of the water, and uh, and and because the water is different in New York. It's actually very very high quality. However. I have found a place that uh, in Birmingham that does serve uh, bagels that are just like uh, the ones you get in New York, and that is uh, Crestline Bagel. Uh, absolutely love Crestline and uh, go there all the time.
1: You know, I don't, think I, I don't think I ate a bagel until maybe I was in college. I mean, it was, it was a toast and jam thing with us. And, um, oh, me
2: too. I, I didn't, I'd never had one until I moved to New okay. York. And then I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is great.
1: <laughs> well, I, I had heard of Locks and bagels, which was kind of a fish, right? And mm-hmm. that just didn't sound very advertising to me. But now, even the, the ones that aren't uh, New York quality, you know, I, I like the fruited bagels. And this conversation has ended. All right, we're <laughs> going to move along. I want to bring up something about Mark Ingram and Big Noon. That's coming up on Big Noon Sports Presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage.
3: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. It's time. To- Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
0: Mostly sunny this afternoon, the high today, 87. Clear and pleasant tonight, the low 59. Tomorrow, a sunny day with a high at 88. And Sunday, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms around, the high at 87. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
1: Back on Big Noon Sports, I'm Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. And we got Noah at the controls back in Tuscaloosa as we wrap up this edition. Thanks to Jay Sternberger and to Robbie Glenn as our guests today. I thought this was a kind of an interesting story, uh, particularly Alabama fans. Former Heisman Trophy winner and running back at the University of Alabama who uh, played uh, at the New or- at- with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Fox Sports has announced that they are working with him to present a role for him to be an active participant on big noon kickoff now i know a lot of you think m- immediately big noon sports but this is actually the national fox version uh but i i'll be honest with you i hope he does great but i don't ever remember uh mark being that t- type of uh, character and, and I, I i must be wrong because fox is not going to audition and plan for a role that large in their sports file if he doesn't have it.
2: Yeah. Um this is a bit of a surprise to me. You know, I, I got to know Mark pretty well and uh he, he is a very well spoken uh young man uh but sort of you know quiet, reserved, yeah. um not someone that you would necessarily think of uh of, of sliding into a role there at uh at, um, at, at Fox for uh, that show. But hey, uh, that, I think it's great news. And, um, and uh, especially in sports media right now, the news of anyone getting hired is really good because uh, if you uh, sort of zoom out and look at the big picture, um, it, it, it's a it's a rough time right now uh, at uh, especially at, at ESPN. Uh, there are um, layoffs coming; that have already happened. Uh, Neil Everett, longtime ESPN uh, uh, broadcaster, um, Sports Center anchor, I think one of the very best at the at the worldwide leader, um, he is out. And, uh, and uh, the New York Post is reporting that uh, uh, a lot of layoffs are coming for the on-air talent. And uh, the, the post specifically mentioned,, um, again, this is just reported by the New York Post, uh, Susie Colber and Steve Young as potentially being out and with uh, Laura Rutledge would probably fill in for Susie Kolber on uh, Monday night hosting duties. Um, and uh, so really what ESPN is, is doing is uh, they are eradicating the talent that they have, who in their view, their salary exceeds their name recognition. Uh, but man, like Susie Kolber, I think she is absolutely terrific. I, I I obviously don't know what her salary is, but Joe Namath um,
1: likes her too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um that actually turned out to be a good defining moment for Joe and we we we, did. Could, we could end up talking about that a long time, but uh he, uh, he 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 took a serious look in the mirror after that uh, incident where he said he wanted to kiss Susie on live national television and uh, <clears throat> made several changes in his life for the better. But uh, but Susie, um, I, I've I've talked with her a few times over the years and just a, she's as as sweet as you would think, right? And 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 nice and. Uh, accommodating, and, and uh, um, it, it, it's hard to see that, that ESPN, they are uh, struggling because of uh, the switch to uh, streaming devices, you know, streaming services. And uh, uh, it, it's, it, I think it is possible. I think we're a ways off from this. But it is possible that ESPN, sort of as we know it today, will no longer exist, given the evolution of how we are, again, receiving our information, receiving our telecasts, because the model that ESPN has isn't necessarily the model that is going to work going forward.
1: Well, um I heard a bizarre conversation last night and said the PIF, you know, the Saudi back group is going to buy ESPN and then go after some of the major franchises in the United States. But, uh, I'm sorry I brought that up um, <laughs> on Susie Colbert. Uh, I remember when she first came out, I'll be, I'll be very, um, testosterone full here. I just thought that's a remarkably striking woman, um, because she was pretty, but she had that little uh, forte- She didn't do it on air, but she just had all of. She was a five-tool female. Boy, am I getting myself in trouble? <laughs> yeah, uh, you are. <laughs> uh, but she, she was had just- that, she, she had that. She had that
2: like. Yes. She has that like little squint. Yes, you know? exactly. And, uh, and and it's uh, it's it, it is uh, it's uh, sort of her signature, but she's as well informed as anyone and uh, if you remember she was really like the face of esp this is years ago when espn 2 launched and uh, she was uh, one of the main uh, faces of espn 2 and i remember at the time thinking there's no way a second espn channel could ever work and then
1: you Much get yes news and a year. yeah
2: and then you get a yeah espn news and then oh, and and so plus. forth yeah um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, ESPN has been, has been trimming down their roster for, for quite some time. And, uh, unfortunately, it, it seems like uh, there are more layoffs in the offing here uh, that will take place at some point over the summer.
1: You know, you read that, you see that, you feel for these people who have uh, kind of given their vocational lives to ESPN and they're suddenly being let go. But then you turn around and you you see that they have signed Pat McAfee for $85 million. So I guess I just don't know the accounting part of this. I can't figure that out, Lars. You can pay this person $85 million, and yet Susie Colbert, who's probably, what, making seven or eight? I don't know. Um, yeah, You can't keep a person that has been uh, a viewer's favorite and then you're bringing in a new guy who's kind of untested as far as the ESPN is concerned. But I guess he just moves his show over there or whatever. But yeah, uh, it's I mean, puzzling it's, to me how they can fire all these people and then give somebody $85 million.
2: Well, McAfee has just uh, really carved out a unique niche. And I know we're up against time here. but. Um, yeah, his deal with ESPN is about $17 million per year, and that includes his daily show with the Pat McAfee show that will air on ESPN's cable channel and the network's YouTube channel. I think that's a big thing and on ESPN Plus streaming. But I, I think the big thing is like McAfee has become a YouTube star. And, uh, and, and that is sort of, I think, where things are moving and it's amazing to think that McAfee is, and McAfee was a really good punter, by the way, but uh, that McAfee is going to be making more money in media than he did in the NFL. And, uh, and, and McAfee was smart, and he, he kept all creative control of the content of his show. So this means that he can invite uh, personalities from other networks, like Ian Rapoport of the NFL Network and, and uh, nice even— here. Yeah, yeah, he used to be here in, in Birmingham at, at, at AL.com, and 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 usually most most of ESPN shows they don't want anybody on who is a rival of Adam Schefter, right? So, uh, but but McAfee is going to be able to do that with Rappaport, so that's a big actually a big win for Rappaport as well really? to sort of invade Adam Schefter's
1: space. Um, What Didn't you tell me McAfee was like The only guy To ever score a 40 On the Wonderlink test Something like that Who was it That you said that about Pat McAnally (laughs) (laughs) That was a punter
2: For the Bengals In the 70s Who went to Harvard Pat McAnally
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) You were close Well I was close As far as an MC Is concerned (laughs) And and Pat Yeah (laughs) But Yeah Yeah I imagine McAfee did pretty well too, but he sure uh, has handled his
2: business well, hasn't he? Yes, uh, he has, and um, he's he's done a, a tremendous job for himself, and and also the fact that he has uh, you know unique access to Aaron Rodgers hasn't hurt at all. So,
1: but but the uh, NFL, NFL I, players trust him. They yeah, trust they do because
2: he's he's and one of
1: them. Yeah, he's one of them, and man, they will say a lot to McAfee. As opposed to the other regular parts of the media, so, and I think that is truly the intrigue of the whole deal and why it's so attractive to ESPN. It's just, hey, great content. Yeah. Everybody right, have Marsh.
2: a good weekend.
1: Let's, Let's get out safe. of here. Um, thank you, Noah. Thank you, everybody listening. And we'll do this. I can't do the math on the twenty-two, but we'll join you <laughs> Monday at noon on Big Noon Sports. Have a great weekend. Can-